0: It's time to heed the call of the wild and seek the higher calling. Higher Calling is the voice of mountain and forest wildlife and is hosted by award-winning wildlife journalist and conservationist Chester Moore. Be ready for an increase in altitude and a relentless pursuit of the creatures that dwell there. Welcome to The Higher Calling. This is Chester Moore and um, this is another unique program. Uh, in the last episode we talked about some mysterious horse killings in Texas and of course horse killings are not something we typically talk about on the program. But what I come across in the news was so shocking and so bizarre and it ties into the outdoors lifestyle. Horses are used for deep woods hiking and backcountry sheep hunting and elk hunting and part of the ranching and outdoors lifestyle and, of course, our animals. So to talk about this unique topic, I reached out to my good friend Jeff Stewart, who's also a writer and broadcaster and um, an animal guy. He does a lot of animal rescue, actually, especially with uh, dogs. And I told Jeff, you know, this is some weird stuff. Of course, he's like a bloodhound, man. He's out there looking around. So me and Jeff for the last week have been poking around this horse-killing issue. And so welcome to the program, Jeff. Oh, man, my
1: You know, I wish I could really just say, oh, it's my pleasure to be here, but this is a subject that it's really not a pleasure to uh, be talking about. It's a duty.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the key, brother, and it's very strange. You know, I've always heard of people, you know, having livestock shot. You know, some idiot, some drunk idiot or someone goes out or has a beef with somebody, shoots a horse or shoots a cow. But um, about a week ago, I was researching another topic, And I happened to come across a story about the Pearland, Texas area, which is right on that South Beltway area, south of Houston of five horses being killed in a couple of months span and the horses having their meat harvested. And it just really struck me is like, that's, you know, that's weird. I mean, one little area, meat harvesting, obviously some kind of a black market tie in. And then I look and I find all these other horse killings and, Jeff, I contacted you, and you started talking about some situations you've had occur and heard about. Man, I think we've kind of opened Pandora's box here.
1: And I, I immediately, you know, first first thing you do is you know you grab your your uh, uh, computer or, or your uh, phone, and you you Google or you you look it up on some search sure. engine. You know, uh, you know dead horses, missing horses, horses killed, all kinds of, uh, keywords there. And you start finding a very alarming number of horses that simply a fence was cut and the horse was walked away and let or led away, you know, and just went missing and find, you know, uh, Several times I came across, and this sounds uh, it's probably just coincidence, but several times I found the keyword five horses. Mm-hmm. And there's, especially in the Houston, Texas area, there has been several cases as far back as 2007 where it's been five horses that were led away all at one time. Uh, one case, there were multiple horses inside of a, a enclosure. There were, you know, 15, 20 horses but five horses were missing. And, you know, you start looking into that and, and you start seeing a very, very disturbing trend.
0: Absolutely. So to kind of keep this in, in kind of an order, I think there are two different, you and I have talked before this, there, I think there are two different separate issues going on with horse killings. What I kind of like to talk about first is what the numerical part of this would be with numbers would be the meat trade part of this. Because the ones in Pearland, the five we talked about, Um, meat was harvested and I think this is a separate issue from some other things it's even really more disturbing in my opinion Um, but they're all all terrible situations Um, we have the five and that was a span of just a couple of months up until a week or two ago and uh, very bizarre you know precision cuts of meat and stuff like that and you know I actually spoke with one of the neighbors uh, one of the neighbors of the property who said he had his fence cut the same night these last two horses were killed, um but no horses were taken um and and I, I want to get an idea about the size of the properties, you know, I have an old high school ag farm down the road from my house. I can see from my house. it's thirty three acres. and if there's a house on that thirty three acres and and it, you know, I'm trying to figure out, okay, let's look and see. You know, how gutsy these people are with taking these horses away and killing them. And he said these are five to seven acre spreads out there, Jeff. And it's in basically Houston in the city. These aren't giant spreads where someone can walk a horse off and do whatever. They have to kill these horses in close proximity to people. This takes someone with serious, serious guts um or insanity to do this. Wouldn't you agree? It takes someone definitely
1: with no fear yeah and that no fear either has got to come from like you said some level of mental unhealth
0: yeah
1: or if that's even a word
0: i may have just it's a new word (laughs)
1: um but that's a jeffism You know, some some stage of state of of not being mentally healthy, yeah. Or it comes from a total lack of fear of authority or anything due to uh, a a social, uh, some sort of social construct.
0: Yeah, like somebody here is very much um, in control of the situation. They haven't been caught yet, and. They have to be familiar with horses to have the horses cooperate with them. Um, and to go, that's a very important thing to say on that. And then you're talking meat out of a horse. I've cleaned an elk. I've cleaned a bison as a hunter, harvested the meat. That is not a one-person job, Jeff. And, you know, it takes a little bit of skill. mm mm-hmm. uh,
1: You know, some of the people that I've talked to, they're like, you know, oh, well, it doesn't take anything to, you know, cut some meat off the horse. But I'm like, no, wait a minute. Have you ever tried to skin a somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,000-pound animal? I don't know what these horses actually weigh. Let's just say 700 to to 1,000 pounds.
0: You know, that's average horse. 700
1: to 1,000 pounds. So we're talking a massive bull elk size. I don't know if you've ever tried to skin a bull elk. But you skin them on the ground. It's not like a deer. You don't don't pull them up into a tree or onto a, a, some sort of a skinning rack or anything and skin them. You have to skin these things in the field on the ground. And it takes hours to do. Yes. And it takes precision in order to get uh, that uh, uh, the hindquarters and stuff off. But one hindquarter on one of these horses possibly weighed 100 pounds. Yeah. And so how many men, even grown men, do you know that can grab a 100-pound piece of dead weight, throw it over a shoulder, and walk away with
0: it? Yeah, this is— You know, they had
1: to have had some sort of a van or a truck or something, because they didn't just throw this in the trunk of— you know, the, the, the dead gum Honda Civic No And drive off with it
0: No, because uh, I've had people try know, to tell gone. me That they thought this was just people being hungry Or going out and killing a horse to eat it That is absolutely not what's happening
1: You know, somebody's hungry There are thousands of pastures throughout Texas East yep. Texas Yep Especially with cows yes. in them Yep And there are calves in those pastures that weigh 200 pounds. You could easily have absconded. That's mm-hmm. a good word, isn't it? Man,
0: D- Jeff is like, inventing you've words absconded. and using like serious words today.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, you could have. they could have easily taken a 150, 200-pound calf, a 400-pound calf even, where one person may have even been able to handle uh, skinning that or, mm-hmm. or you know, Coaxing a young calf into a truck or anything. And that might be acceptable. I mean, I could understand that.
0: So, Jeff, you're saying that, you know, this is, and I agree with this, that this is a situation where you have definitely multiple people having to carry, you know, 100-pound hindquarters and handling this animal. And in my opinion, you're going to have to have someone who's a driver and a watcher if you're doing this to make money and you're trying not to get caught and they haven't got caught yet. And then at least two or three people in the operation of doing the skinning and stuff like that. So it's not just some solo guy out there doing this. I just can't see this being one person.
1: Exactly. And, you know, these people are going to have to have uh, a specific mindset because here in the United States, killing and skinning and and eating a horse is a very taboo kind of thing. We don't skin, eat, kill uh, Eat horses.
0: No.
1: Uh, that's kind of like our, our dogs and our, our cats and things. We don't kill those either. Now, granted, most of your uh, South American countries, European countries, you know, er- just about everybody but the United States and, and Canada, um, maybe Great Britain, uh, they kill and eat us. So it's not taboo for them. But someone that would be living here in the United States would have to overcome a uh, kind of a, a, a shameful act to them, this is going to be just something that's an everyday event to, to kill a horse. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's, it's it, not it, going to be, it's not going to be cousin uh, Eddie from down the street because he didn't have any hamburger meat to put on the table for supper tonight.
0: No, this is a money thing and they're selling it because they have busted people, even in Texas, uh, slaughterhouses, having horse meat illegally in there and selling it and stuff like that illegally. And this also, of course, is criminal trespass, livestock, abduction, killing, a lot of things. And mainly, Jeff, the idea that someone will put a some buckshot up your behind for killing their horse.
1: Exactly. And here in Texas, especially if you're absconding with the horse at night, it's perfectly legal. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a crazy situation. And, you know, uh, I know you said you found some evidence of some issues in East Texas. I immediately posted the story at Higher Calling Wildlife and that people say, check out Utah. There's things in Utah. And of course, the bigger story is Florida. It's been having this go on for a couple of years. And uh, it's just a weird deal, Jeff. And uh, it's one that's I, th- I think it's going to grow. I think there's something, I think there's a trend happening here with these things looking at these stores. There's some kind of a a trend going on, a market developing for, for this. And uh, here's what I, think, I, I find interesting about the Houston area cases, okay? So since October 2018, there have been, I think, four break-ins in exotic pet stores in Houston, including my friend Suzette Stidham's S&S Exotics. Um, someone broke into their store to specifically take one bird. And they have hundreds of animals in there. A Princess of Wales parakeet. And then a place called Adventures in Birds has had several break-ins. And the last one, Jeff, they got on camera three large male perpetrators in mask that backed up a, um, like a U-Haul truck. It wasn't a U-Haul, it was like a, a rental truck. A, a moving truck. And started shoveling, things in there. And I thought that was interesting because black market for pets, black market for meat. Could there possibly be connection?
1: From what I've been able to research and make contacts with some of my people that I know that are very, uh, let's just say less than desirable, but sometimes it's <laughs> advantageous. To know. Yeah. You got to know uh, some but,
0: folks sometimes for info. <laughs> There's a huge
1: market here in the United States. Yeah. For just like there is in Africa, that you have the the bush, meat bush market, bush meat trade. Yeah. There, what people don't realize, there's a similar market here in the United States. Mm-hmm. And this came to light to me a few years ago. Whenever I would talk about killing a deer, and then mm-hmm. in my inbox would get flooded with people that were hey, i hear me. And I like, hey, I'm sorry, I will give you some, but it is not legal for me to sell you my deer meat.
0: I've had that with fish. Uh, I've had that with fish catchers where people were trying to basically begging to buy fish from me, game fish.
1: Yeah. And so I'm like, look, you know, I'll give you a pack of steaks or or some hamburger meat. No, well, I, I I want you to kill me an entire deer. What if I go buy a license? And give you the license and you and I'm like, Well, that's not legal. I, mm-hmm. I don't do I don't do illegal stuff. I'm sorry, you know, sure. find somebody else but it started getting more and more and more and then people would for some reason just approach me out of the blue mm-hmm. um, and be like, Hey, I see that you're a big hunter and you know, I, I don't want to hunt but I want me. Mm-hmm. And it just went on and on so you know, sometimes you, you just don't even open these messages. You kind of see what they are, and you just block the person. Yeah, so talk to uh, some contacts, and they're like, "Man, it's really getting out of hand here in the South, especially." Um, as and I'm not, I'm not pointing my finger at anyone ethnicity of people because there's there's Europeans, there's there's people from the, you know South America, you know there's there's people right here in North America. But there's a lot of people from other countries that have migrated that have, have came here and live here. Mm-hmm. And they're willing to pay very large sums of money yep. for the foods that they cannot legally get here from their country. There's certain fishes, yep. certain mammals, yep. certain reptiles, certain things that they cannot legally obtain here, and they're willing to pay money for. Well, how easy is it for somebody to cut a tent, walk in there to a horse that has been hand-fed since the day it was born, and put a rope around its neck and walk away with it. You know, Jeff, on this situa- all of a sudden, you've got, you've got uh, 500 pounds, 400 pounds of meat that you can sell for $5 a pound or maybe even.
0: Yep. And it's interesting, you know, that the three guys who um, were seen on camera at uh, the Adventures and Birds in Houston, um, they walked right up on at least two of the different occasions and they snipped locks. Just like someone would walk up and snip a gate and the fences have been cut in all these situations with the horses. So thought that was interesting. Black market. Could it be connected? I don't know. There's definitely an underground. If you look right now, Texas Parks and Wildlife has been dealing a lot in the underground of the seafood trade. Shark fins, um, which are, you know, finning is not something that is um, kosher here in U.S. waters. And shark finning um, is, uh, they're finding a lot of shark fins in Texas place, a lot of illegal seafood stuff like that, caught, sold at these different places to kind of wet people's different appetites. So I want to get this out there, and I appreciate your perspective on that, and it's a weird deal. And you actually told me about a case you went to investigate like an animal attack on a mule, and you said you thought this yeah. mule had actually been hit with a machete. Yes. Uh, been a while
1: since this happened, but I was contacted by a person knowing that I do— uh, cryptozoological uh, investigations and called me and said, man, I've got one that's right up your alley. There's a mule down here in Logan's Fort, right outside of Logan's Fort, Louisiana, which is right down the road from my house. And they're like, uh, this mule has these huge claw marks in its quarter. and you know, It looks like something really just laid it open, you know, big cat or something like that. But so yeah. I drive over and Uh, go to the property and meet with the owner of the animal and sure enough there's the mule and it's still laid open you know I mean it's like they they haven't even called the vet yet so I go out and I'm looking at this mule and and, I mean there's no animal short of a a grizzly Mm -hmm. in the United States that could have laid this horse open with it or this this mule Mm -hmm. and the very tame mule so I'm I'm like able to touch this animal and look at it at point blank range. And I'm looking at this and it's only three gashes. Okay. Not four, not five, but three gashes in a fine quarter. And looking at it, it looks like it looks like slice to me. It was way wow. too sharp. It was not a claw. There's no we don't have any animals that have these razor for claws. It's not Freddy Krueger running around out there. And so I'm looking at this and, and I investigate. I look in the pasture. And what I find in the pasture is you can see, you know, the farmer and everybody else is driven all over this pasture. But there's definite signs that a a four-wheeled vehicle had been driven around this pasture quite a bit. Well, I get to looking at it, it almost looked to me like someone had got out there chasing this mule, and maybe someone in the back of a truck or a passenger side window or something had hit this animal with a machete or, or a bladed instrument.
0: Wow. That is and
1: crazy. And the, the law enforcement officers that were there tried to say, oh, well, it, it got tangled up in the barbed wire fence. And I tried to point out to them that, you know, the barbs on barbed wire, while they will rip you open, are only, you know, a, a quarter to a half inch long Yeah. maximum. They're not, you know, these gashes were three inches deep on this needle. Yeah, that's some force. Oh. And, I mean, there's no animal, I mean, even a cougar, I mean, th- th- their claws aren't three inches long. Or, you know, any kind of, a, a, even a Louisiana black bear, you know, or mm-hmm. their their claws are not going to do
0: that. Well, I mean, if it had been a black bear doing that, I mean, uh, uh, were these on the hindquarters, the top or the bottom?
1: They were right up on the, on the top.
0: Yeah, it would be and very unusual for play. a black bear number 1 to attack a mule. Uh I mean it's possible, but unlikely. And if it well, did, Well, also nothing on the opposite side. Yeah, there you would know, be more there'd be more than one swipe. There'd be more than one swipe out there. You know, there'd be a swipe, there'd be a bite, there'd be some other other action out there, you know, for that. Foot wounds on the opposite
1: hind quarter where it gripped. Yep. You know, uh these animals, you know, if you're going in there for the kill to eat you're going to grab it and, you know, uh, like I was trying to tell them, you know, a uh, cougar, it's going for, uh, it's not going to go for hind quarter. You know, this isn't, you know, National Geographic. It's not, you know, the lion chasing the uh, zebra through the Serengeti here, you know, and there's six of them on it, you know, just grabbing it, trying to take it down. This is a single lone animal that hunts, and it's got to kill it. for it.
0: Going to grab the neck.
1: going to go for the head and neck. Yep. It's not going for the rear end. And
0: black bear
1: is not going to go after, especially a Louisiana black bear that's 100 pounds soaking wet. It's not going to go after a mule.
0: Yeah, that's. if it was grizzly territory, we'd be in a different conversation, but not a, not I, a black bear here. That's a, And plus the chances of a black bear... Actually, there's not a you know a handful in East Texas anyway, so it's a rarity in that. But that's that was interesting to me because it involved and there's a, the horrible story that you uncovered about the the teenagers harassing and killing the horse. But the ones that are concerning me the most, um, because this involves a really bizarre level of deviant behavior, are a series of horses that have been shot and left to lay. And because um, I, 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 when I found the Pearland stories, I immediately started looking around other surrounding areas. And in Liberty, in 2017 to 2018, from November 2017 to 2018, there were three horses killed in Liberty County, which is right north of Houston. There's 75,000 people in that whole county. It's a pretty rural county. And um, one horse uh, was named Chicken Nugget. And a little girl was the owner of Chicken Nugget. It was her pet horse. And it was shot and left to lay. And just down the road on December 23rd, a little girl's horse named Sonny was killed. Well, this made some news at this point. And a horse rescue group in January replaced Sonny, gave him a horse named Sunshine. And then Sunshine was shot and left to lay on February the 17th. This is from 2017 to 2018. So... I see these stories, and I go on my Facebook the night after I started going down this rabbit hole, and I see a really interesting post, and it was Jessica New from Port Mansfield, Texas. On August 10th, her horse Sea Biscuit was shot and killed and left to lay. So this got me really thinking, and she told me, I interviewed her. She said that this horse was in an, uh, an area that the Navigation District allows people to keep horses used for ag and barrel racing, that kind of stuff down there. A little small community of Portman. So I've been there a number of times fishing and getaway at Ventures Lodge. And then I started looking around and this is so crazy. July 20th, a horse named Lily that was a girl's young girl's riding horse was killed. I'm sorry, sorry, the girl's name was Lily. The horse's name was Midnight, July 20th. and February 1st, Haley um, had a horse named Six Shot, and these three horses here—they were all killed exactly like the ones in Liberty. And every horse on these are owned by ladies. And I haven't found for sure about the Port Mansfield horse. I, I know that the, the there's some young kids involved there. You can see pictures on social media riding, but every one of these are horses that a young girl owns or has been seen on social media riding. And they're all killed, all left to lay. And it's a really bizarre connection. If you follow the this highway I-77 Highway 77 corridor, it all links up right there with those. And then I don't know if they're tied into what happened over there in Liberty, but it's very strange. Horses left to lay, no financial gain. I mean, obviously, in the case of Liberty, when the horse was shot and it went back and someone's shot again, someone's targeting them. Is someone trying to terrorize young girls through horses? I mean, it's really weird, Jeff.
1: And you and I had discussed one where in one case, the the horse was supposedly shot with a uh, some yep. sort of archery equipment. Yep, the one there, the uh, of the ones in Liberty. Bo yeah. A, oh, some kind. But yet... There, were n- there was no arrow or bolt, which was a crossbow called a bolt. Everybody, yep. We know that. But not everybody does. Yep. But there was no arrow found. There was no broadhead found. There was nothing. And uh, an animal the size of a horse, uh, in order for an arrow to pass completely through it and go far enough away that you can't find it, it would almost be an impossible an impossibility. That'd be like, you know, you would have to have a, 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 Oh my gosh. I I don't know what you'd have to have. It would have to be just an amazing circumstance for that arrow to go through that horse and not be. Yeah. I mean, you could definitely pass pass through, through, you could
0: pass through a horse, but it's going to go a few feet away. That's it. You know? And most of the time it wouldn't even pass through the horse.
1: I think pass throughs on, on bull elk and you know, the arrow, once it went through, may have traveled another 20 feet. That's it. That's it. You know, um, so that arrow would have been laying there covered in blood, Absolutely. but nobody recovered the blood. So if your shooter shot it with an arrow, then they walked out into the enclosure and found that and left with it. And, you know, that negates the point of shooting it with an arrow because yep. you do that in order to be quiet and not leave, you know, any. You don't have to go out there and nobody's looking. That uh, We discussed, you know, that, that there are. Different, different ways. You know, I mean, you could get that wound that look of a of a arrow, that a broadhead, uh, with with certain uh, knives and things like that. That was just an odd one to me. Is yeah. that you know these other ones that someone has shot and you know it's shot, you know bullet wound. They've probably done some sort of necropsy on the animal and and found that there is evidence of being shot. Um, this is a very disturbing trend because I've written in the past uh, about the possibility of, you know, uh, serial killers in Texas and things like that. And one of the things that stands out here is if someone is stalking people for their, if they're female or young girl, or they're into, some sort of uh, rodeo activity or something like that, and then killing their horse. This is a very disturbing trend because this could be the uh, beginning of, uh, and I hate to put this out there like this, but I think people need to understand, you know, there could be some very disturbing behavior on the horizon for this person. Yeah, well, because in the Liberty case. often start out. In the they Liberty cases. out.
0: I'm I'm sorry. Uh, In Liberty cases, the sheriff actually said that, uh, not the sheriff, but one of the sheriff's department officials, according to a KHOU Houston story, actually said that they're concerned that, you know, whoever's doing this um, may not be satisfied with horses at some point. You know, they're worried about it. You know, that, that could turn into what you're saying, something. So this is a very weird situation. And people, if they know anything, you need to definitely call law enforcement. Right. I mean, even if it
1: turns out to be nothing, sure. if you have any suspicion at all, um, you could save a life. At the very least, you could, save, you could save the life of a horse. Absolutely. But, you know, on the very, very bad side of it, uh, you know, someone, this person could lose their enthusiasm for a horse and hurting the family of a horse. And may move on to, I want to hurt them even worse and start trying some very, uh, very sick and things uh, as far as like going after uh, the human aspect of it. And that just doesn't say because I'm not one to throw gasoline on, you know, a smoldering fire to try to get it back burning, but that's in my mind.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, happen. you know, hopefully this is, I mean, there's no good solution to this other than these people stopping and being caught hopefully they're not linked but i just found some interesting parallels that way if someone what the reason i want to put that out there is if someone is listening and maybe they fit that profile in that area and they saw a weird person around the stable or whatever's going on then maybe they'll think of it that's all about prevention this whole thing that i've been doing and i've had you as a guest on a higher calling And on my radio show, More Outdoors, about protecting people from whack jobs in the woods and unsafe hunters and poachers and stuff. And the other thing is, going back to like the meat harvest, someone's got the balls enough to do that, and you don't try to stop them on your own because they're probably armed. And if you see someone in the act of this kind of thing, you know, be careful because if they're willing to go kill a horse in a state where people will— you know, throw a noose around your neck and hang you from a tree for killing their horse, then they're be willing to kill you to protect themselves.
1: You know, and if I'm mistaken, it is still on the books in Texas that, you know, horse thieves basically can still be dealt with capital punishment. Uh, I don't, you know, they don't enforce that like that anymore, but it's, uh, I've, I read somewhere, you know, one of those deals where you read, Old laws that are still on the books, yeah, and uh, you know, there, there's a lot of laws of that regard livestock that basically, you know, it takes somebody with a lot of uh, intestinal fortitude here, like we're talking about being fearless, yep, uh, to go out and do this in the first place, but also. Anybody that has any been in Texas for any amount of time, or even in the world, because Texas is famous for a lot of things and everybody knows us out there in Texas, uh, you know, if you're doing this to somebody's horse, they will shoot you. They Absolutely. Will, they will, I mean, you talk about farmers and ranchers who typically ride around with a gun of some sort for coyotes or for whatever in their vehicle. Yep. are in their home, in their ATV, whatever. They've usually got some sort of a weapon on them that goes bang, bang. And you've got to be so latent that you don't care that it's amazing. While doing this, I found that, you know, I went back and found where uh, in July 2007, there were five more horses that went missing in the same area that these five horses went missing. Wow, and there that number five came up again.
0: That's that's Uh, number five's
1: interesting. It was between uh, uh, July seventeenth, I believe, and July twenty eighth, in the exact same area in Harris County. There were five other horses that just somebody led them away, according to the report. They were just. fence was cut or, or the uh, gate was, the lock was cut and was, they were just, they were just, they were gone. Not one bit of information ever came back about them. They, they haven't, the, the cases were not solved or anything and, you know, it's just, oh, somebody stole the book.
0: Man, so far <laughs> what Jeff and I have turned over out there is that definitely we know, and it's been established before we ever said it, there is Illegal horse meat trade, it tends to be growing and maybe growing in sophistication. There is an illegal wildlife and pet trade in the Houston area. Are they linked? We don't know, but there's some interesting parallels. There are some people targeting horses and letting them lay, and there's an interesting pattern of being young girls' horses or horses connected to. There's a lot of horses out in pastures. These are all ones people are riding, and several of them are. Little girl four of them for sure are little girls horses. Um, so weird stuff going on. Also the growth of a potential bushmeat type trade in the U.S. A lot of things going on. I guess you and I'll be investigating a lot more stuff, Jeff.
1: It's you know, it's getting to the point where we're gonna have to because somebody has to raise an awareness and put the plant of seed in good people. Minds that these things are going on, and we need to watch out for them. And you know, maybe if we just get one person out of every bit of this, if we can get one person that saw something or sees
0: something in the future, to something to the right authority, that's it. Then I'm
1: happy. Me
0: too. Absolutely. So if you if you know anything, reach out to your local law enforcement or go to Google. And um, if you know, maybe you were passing through and saw something, you can find these stories really easy. Contact the law enforcement in these areas where these are going on. And um, if you have any information you'd like to share with us, and share you know share with me, you can go to chester at chestermore my email address. Um, you know, if maybe you've had something happen to your horse and never publicize it or something, you'd like to share. What happened to you? Um, you know, we're not going to be doing tons of stories on this going on. we got a lot of other things to talk about. But as this grows, we're going to continue this and also the idea of what's going on out there dangerous in the wild. Jeff, uh, you can look up Jeff at, on Facebook, Jeff Crypto Hulk Stewart. He's a blogger at fishgame.com. He's an author. He's a cookbook author, a hunting fishing book. He's a, a television star, been out with Lester out on Survivor Man, and he's my friend. So thank you for calling in, Jeff. My pleasure is always my brother. Thank you. Hey folks, let me take a minute to tell you about my good friends at the Houston Safari Club Foundation. This is an organization that supports hunting and conservation. They've taken hundreds of kids hunting and fishing, given out over 2 million dollars in scholarships, and they provided over 4 million dollars in grants to protect wildlife and habitat at home and abroad. They host great monthly events and an annual convention where you can meet other hunters and learn about all types of hunting. Don't let the name mislead you. They're not just about safaris, but definitely about all kinds of hunting. Education, conservation, protecting the future of hunting. That's the Houston Safari Club Foundation. Join today. Call 713-623-8844 or go to wehuntwegive.org to learn more. Higher Calling is brought to you by Texas Fishing Game Magazine, our official sponsor. You can check the online edition out at fishgame.com and also subscribe to their e-newsletter. And if you'd like to meet a personally... Subscribe you to that newsletter because I actually can do that. You can email me at chester at chestermore.com. Fishgame.com is not only wildlife and fisheries in Texas, but we cover things going on nationwide. And you definitely subscribe to the newsletter. Three updates a week. Killer, killer stuff put together by yours truly. Once again, higher calling is... Sponsored by Texas Fishing Game magazine at FishGame.com. You've been listening to The Higher Calling, hosted by the wildlife journalist Chester Moore. Contact him at Chester at ChesterMore.com. Follow him at the on Instagram and his blog at highercalling.net.